You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. But with all that being said, we've got a very special night in store for us. We are continuing in a really cool series that we've been in called Come and See. Look at your neighbor say, come and see. This has been an awesome series. Have you, have you guys been enjoying this series so far? It's so good. If, you, if you've missed it or you're joining us for the first time tonight, um, which by the way, if you are, can we make some noise for our first time guests? We're so excited that you're here. If it's your first time here or you haven't been in a while, we love you and we're here for you. If you don't have a family that you're a part of, you need one. Somebody say amen. amen. You need a family and we would love to be that for you. But what was I saying? Oh yeah, if you haven't been a part of this series so far, come and see. This series is all about real people, real stories, real Jesus. And it's a really, what it is, is a series about testimonies. Pastor Eman did an incredible job preaching the first week of this series. And laying the foundation of what a testimony is. Sometimes in the church world, we just think a testimony is like this crazy story about somebody doing drugs and killing people and then getting saved. And, you know, amen, that's a good, that's a good testimony. But that's not the only testimony. That's not, what it, that's not the definition of a testimony. We've said this. A testimony is any story about God's goodness. It's anything. So guess what? That can happen after you get saved, right? You can still have testimonies about God's goodness after you get saved. And so this is what this series is about. Pastor Eman killed it. Last week we got to hear from Hannah. It was, it was amazing. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. She shared her story. It was so powerful. And um, tonight we've got a very special guest. Uh, I want to invite my boy Garris to come up. Make some noise for Garris. What up, Garris? Sit down, buddy. Man. If you don't know Garris, Garris is one of our... Sorry, it's bright up here, and I'm getting used to sitting down now. Uh, I can't pace anymore. Garris is one of our New Song students' leaders. If you don't know, which you probably know, if you've been here for a minute. Uh, But Garris, dude, you're amazing. I love you. You're amazing, man. And uh, you need to... I'm telling you, right before we get into this whole shindig, let me tell you, what I love about Garris is he's a friend and a brother to me that sharpens me. What does that mean? It means he makes me look more like Jesus. It means when I talk to him, I don't leave like, uh, but I, I leave encouraged. I leave convicted. I leave wanting to love Jesus more. And so uh, look to your neighbor and say, get some friends like Garrus, all right? You need, <laughs> you need some friends in your life. You need some friends in your life that are going to sharpen you, make you a better Christian. Garrus, you're one of those for me. I know you're one of those for a lot of our students, so we thank you. And, uh, dude, thanks for coming up tonight. Man, thank you so much. I'm so glad that I am a part of New Song Church. Yes. Um, you know, I got to give it to Micah Rainey. He invited me to New Song years ago when we were at That's event. crazy. I didn't know that. And, uh, yeah, a lot has happened since. We even moved states. But uh, now we're back, and, man, I'm so thankful for yes. you, man. And, uh, man, I'll just say God has his hand on this church. Come on. Amen. Amen. Come on. Well, okay, we'll get into Garris' story in just a second. Uh, before we do, though, let's pray. 
Let's invite the Holy Spirit in to speak to us and just breathe on what, what we're going to say tonight. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Father God, uh, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you that tonight is a divine appointment, that every time that we enter into your presence is an opportunity to hear from the living God. I thank you that the God of the universe, the same God that spoke the, word, the world into existence, the same God who breathed life uh, on the authors who wrote the Bible, that same God is in this room. And so right now, Lord, as we continue into this series, learning about your goodness in our life and testimonies, God, I pray that you would speak through us, that you would be the one glorified here tonight, and that every student in this room would be empowered by your presence tonight, that we would learn something we didn't have before, uh, and we just pray that you would be glorified tonight in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 Okay, Garris, you know me. I like icebreakers. Let's go. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm going to get my phone out, because uh, let me get my phone out, because... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> because, you know, sometimes we get <laughs> off track here. Okay, first icebreaker question to uh, break the ice before we get into this sweet conversation. First one is, obviously, what's your favorite cereal? I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> I know. Pop quiz. Man, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh! <laughs> Bring on the sugar. That one is, I'll say... Maybe you can agree with me. That's the best one with the milk left over. You know what I mean? Easy. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Easy. Like, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch milk, that's, that's a whole nother level. I respect that. I respect that. Okay. Next one. You ready for it? Oh, yeah. Tacos or sushi? That's Man, a tough one. you're making this hard. That's a tough one. Man. Sushi. Yeah, sushi. Oh, yeah. I respect that. Sushi's really good. Oh, yeah. Where are my taco people at, though? The okay. problem with sushi, though, is like I get an order of sushi, I eat it, and I'm like, I need three more orders yes, of sushi. Yes, I agree. I and I already spent $16, so <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm I all right. <laughs> you can get tacos a lot cheaper than sushi. Right, right. Okay, next one. Um, this one's a juicy one. We, we all want to know. Garris, please tell us, what's the secret to your hair? What's your... What, okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on. What's your hair routine like? Does uh, does Ricky do your hair like? No. Do you do you shampoo like once a month? Like, what's the deal? Super super simple. Um, yeah, I probably shampoo once a week, and uh, pat dry. Pat dry. Pat dry. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I just let it do I its thing. I love it, dude. You uh, got you've got a great mane. Like. Amazing thank hair. you. Thank you. Hey, if you're growing your hair out, just be patient. That's yes. the secret. Yes. Just be patient. Get out. Get out. through that awkward stage. Yeah, we all you go through it. You can do it. But hey, it's so much easier to have long hair than short hair, in my opinion. Really? Just, oh yeah. You think Way so? Way easier. Yeah, you just like throw it up. And you're just like I'm good. Well, I just wake up. That's true. But you got like the bed head and like, do you ever have the cowlick? That's true. The that's thing true. sticking up in the back with that's short true. hair? That's true. Okay. Long, yeah. uh, I got two more for you. This one, this one's so random, but Haley insisted that I put it in. So I was like, okay, I love you. You're married to me. Um, if a lion and a shark were in a fight, who would win? Well, are they in, are they on land or water? Well, there's got to be water because there's a shark in the fight. So, yeah. Dude, shark would win. Shark? Yeah. All right. I respect that. Don't mess that. with sharks, bro. Okay, last one. Last one. Here we go. 
Uh, would you rather have a personal maid or a personal chef? Chef. Chef. I'll take the chef all Dude, day. I maid. can pick up. I can pick up uh, around the house for sure. But man, making me food. Woo. Oh, dude, I'm opposite. Made, yeah. man. I love food. Make my bed, clean my house. Yeah. Well, I feel good. You ready, bro? Oh, yeah. Um, all right, New Song students, you ready to get into this? I want you to lean in. I, I believe God's going to speak to us tonight. Um, before we get into this, let me just give you a little bit of a, there's a reason why we invited Garris tonight. Um, and there's a reason why we invited Hannah and, and Eman. Uh, there's been a purpose behind all of it. And last week, uh, really what I believe God wanted to do through Hannah's story is really simply this. Come and see, this is what our series is about, come and see what Jesus has done in me. So we looked at Jesus in me, the restoration of Jesus, the fact that Jesus can take a mess and turn it into a message. Tonight's a little bit different. We're focusing on something different. Garris still walked through some mess, but our focus tonight yeah. is going to be a little different. We're talking about really come and see what Jesus is still doing through me. Um, and so, Garris, you know, I, when I talk to you, every time I talk to you, I get really encouraged about how on fire you are for the Lord and how passionate you are, you are about sharing your faith. And we'll get to that in a second. But before we do, tell me a little bit about, like, what was your family upbringing? Did you grow up in church? How did you come to know the Lord? And did you walk through any seasons of, like, did you, were you always walking with the Lord? Or was there, like, seasons of sin that you walked through? Like, give me a little bit. I know that's a loaded question. but Sure, yeah. Um, man, I was just so blessed with some amazing parents. I mean, they feared the Lord, and they raised us to love the Lord. And we went to church, and, um, you know, my dad would read us, you know, Bible stories before bed. And uh, I would wake up early here and there, and I would just see my dad, you know, out on the back patio reading his Bible. So he really set that godly example of what it looks like to um, raise a family, you know, and uh, in the way of the Lord. And, um, you know, my family definitely isn't perfect. There's been a lot of, uh, a lot of ups and downs, but through it all, God has just blessed us and had his hand on our family um, from gener generation to generation, I just reminded of that verse right now. How um, you know the Lord extends His grace and favor and love for generations and thousands of generations. Yeah. You know, for their uh, faithfulness. So, um, grew up going to church. I remember my dad. I was a. Uh, I have five brothers, no sisters. So I shared a room my whole life, and I'm on the top bunk. That sounds rowdy. Oh, it was man. It was <laughs> a blast. So I'm, I'm uh, sharing a room with my younger brother, Gage, and I'm on the top bunk, and he's like asleep, or he wasn't in the room. I can't remember. Um, but my dad came in to tuck me in. I was about 10 years old, and he's like, Garris, I think you're old enough if you want to make the decision to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you want to do that. And I was like, I just didn't even hesitate. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I mean, I just uh, saw, like, you know, what it was like to have a relationship with Jesus, and so I made a commitment that night. I gave my life to Jesus when I was 10 years old. I can honestly say God has never left my side Come since. Come on. So you, like, you knew what you were doing. You made that decision on your own. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That's um, so cool. I can remember it in church. I called it big church because I was always, like, wanting to be in big church with my parents. I was so shy as a child and uh, I always just wanted to be with my mom or my dad. And, like, we'd go out to family lunch, and all the grown-ups would be sitting at this table. And all the uh, cousins and brothers and everyone yeah, would be, be sitting over table. here. And yeah. I'd be like, I'm sitting with mom and dad, you know. 
and I was always wanting to just be with them, but so I'm sitting in big church, and I begged them every Sunday, let me go to big church. They're like, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so I'm sitting in big church, and like, that's the first time I heard God speak to me. And he said, I'm going to use you. I was like, I'm 10, all right? And um, I initially thought what that meant was like, I'm listening to this pastor, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a pastor. No, God, I cannot be a pastor. No, I'm too shy. I was such a shy child. Um, But now I know, you know, that's not exactly the way, you know, the Lord wanted to use me to be a pastor, although that would be awesome. Um, You do some pretty cool stuff. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so I, uh, I love the Lord from a young age and, um, uh, got it, fell into some sexual sin with, um, pornography and things like that at a young age. And, uh, man, it really just destroyed me. Um, people that I knew would come up to me like, Garris, you just look different. Like, are you okay? And I'd be like trying to hide it, you know, but you can't hide that darkness that Dang, that is on. in there. You yeah. really can't. And I'll tell you, sin will thrive in in dark in secrecy, you know, but when you bring that darkness to the light, like it's like the chains have just been broken. And um, so I struggled with that for a long time and um, I didn't even really like girls until I was like way older. I didn't even really have a crush on on girls or anything like that. But when I was about 17, I'm like, oh, I like girls. So got, got a girlfriend, and then it was just like, you know, took it a little too far and ended up hurting them. Well, now I'm to the next girlfriend. Ended up hurting her and ended up hurting her. But then I met Ricky, who's my wife now, and um, I just knew something was different about her. And I just knew, like, this is a girl that I could really marry. And um, it's really funny how we met. I, I saw her out, and we had mutual friends, and I'm like, hey, are you Ricky? And she's like, yeah, are you Garrus? I was like, great. She knows who I am too. <laughs> so, yeah, we just ended up hitting it off. Um, but all in all, I don't know why I justified it, but we ended up, you know, uh, falling into sin and, and having sex before marriage. And um, it, was, it was hard because you're not made to have sex before marriage. You know, it just complicated everything else. And so eventually that led to um, an unplanned pregnancy and so Ricky called me one day. And, she and was like, how old were you when you guys found out? 20. Dang. Yeah. 20, not married, not planning on getting engaged. Correct. Okay. Yeah, we had talked about marriage, but we knew that was like way down the line. And so, um, yeah, we, uh, we found out. And I was like, obviously the anxiety just like came in and imposed its will very shortly though. I'm not even kidding you, like joy woke me up in the morning. And I was so thankful because God like woke me up and he was like, you got this, you can do this with my help, with my help. Come on. You can do this. And uh, like, honestly, I just realized, man, I wanted to be a dad my whole life. Like I always got in trouble for, you know, waking up my younger brothers when my parents would put them to bed because I just wanted to like hang out with them. I just love kids. I love uh, we, we had a big family. I couldn't wait to have a family of my own. So, hey, now that it's here, like, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice always. I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances, you know. And uh, it's not what I wanted in the right order, but, you know, hey, God, you can have it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you and Ricky, what, what happens? You guys get married? You yeah, know? so uh, we meet, and I'm like, hey, I love you. I want to marry you, and we can do this together. So I knew I needed a helper, you know, 
And uh, I didn't want to have some, like, split custody thing go on. I'm like, I know God wants to, you know, bless this marriage. And um, so, thankfully, she was, like, right on board and was like, okay, let's do this. So we planned a wedding in, like, 45 days. <laughs> it was awesome. And so we got married in my parents' backyard and uh, June 15, 2012. So we are coming up on 10 years in June. Dang. Make some noise for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, a year after we had Ollie, we were praying for our second baby. And so, like, the first one, it's like, oh, man, you know, it's unplanned. What do we do? But not even a year later, we're like, oh, Ollie, you need a younger brother, you know. And a week later, here we are, you know. Here's Van on his way. So, you know, they're, like, perfectly, like, just they were the best, you know. They grew up really close, so much fun. And, um, yeah, now we have three. Yeah. Indigo. Indigo. He's the life of the party, man. Yeah. So, Garris, I know that a lot of a lot of people here, you know, we know you as you're you're like the guy who's bold about your faith, um, and you part of what you do for a living is you share your faith on a daily basis. But I I recognize, and just because of the conversations we've had, like, and you just said it to everybody, you were a shy kid, like you weren't born this way, um, right? So, could you walk me through a little bit of like, so you and Ricky get married, you start building a family. What's the, what happened between that and what you do now? And like, what did the Lord do, do in your heart to right. transform you to this man that you are now? Right. Well, the Lord knew what was going to happen in my life. And I went to one semester of college and I just knew like, this is not for me. I had started selling cars um, at a really young age. Uh, my dad just told me one day, he's like, hey, you sh- you'd be a good car salesman. So I started selling cars when I was 17 and I looked like I was 13. People be like... Do you need to go get your dad? I'm like, oh, I got it. And, um, you know, so uh, I grew up like just, you know, my dad taught me work ethic and to save my money. And uh, so I, I left college, started saving my money. And uh, sure enough, that's whenever I just knew, like, I need to save up for something. I don't even know what for. And then here we are. I'm about to start a family. So God knew what he was doing even when I didn't. And um, so I sold cars for my family for probably six or seven years. And uh, during that time, it was just such a blessing to like learn business, learn from, you know, um, a godly, you know, perspective of how to run a business. And, uh, but it wasn't what I was like, God, is this what you want me to do to be a car salesman? Like I'm sitting here waiting on customers. I feel like I need to be doing something else, you know, but I would share my faith with these uh, clients here and there. And I just always realized like, I love talking about Jesus. You know, when he does something for you, it's not just for you. Like, you share in that blessing, and you go tell someone else, and then you realize they might be like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. And it's not you. It's like, man, that's God. You know, it's just God just showing them how much he loves them. You know what I mean? You're not alone. So I left the family business. I wanted to see what other dealerships were like and uh, ended up uh, at Lexus, which was, if you're going to work at a car dealership, that was like the one to be at. Um, it's the only Lexus store in the area, and um, I just had got to take everything that I learned from my family and then apply it at, at a new dealership. But there was a kid there named Sky. He was one of our technology specialists, and this was just a time in my life I was desiring to lead someone to Christ. I'm like, Lord, I love sharing my faith, but all these people are Christians. Like, when is there going to be someone who's not a Christian, right. and I plant that seed, 
but that they're ready for that day of salvation. Like, I want to see someone give their life to Christ, Lord. So that was just a desire I had had. And me and Sky would have the most amazing conversations, but uh, he would say he's an agnostic. And he's like, who am I to say there is or isn't? Because, you know, I'm only a man. And this, that, and another, but we would talk and have a great conversation. He would say, hey, I, I appreciate where you're coming from, but not for me. And I'm just like having this huge burden, you know, for him and being like, Lord, like save him, you know, like send another person right around the corner, right after me to just yeah. shake him and get his attention. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that was just the, the start of like really desiring to see someone get saved. And so um, I was in my Bible one day, and in Genesis, I had years ago, I had crossed out Abraham's name, and I wrote Garrus, and it was when the Lord was telling Abraham to prepare to move to the, to the land that he was going to show him, and the Lord spoke to me and said, prepare for a move, and I was like, oh, man, we're going to move somewhere. Okay, Lord, like, where, what does that look like? Um, so I thought it was this place, but ended up being it ended up not being that place, and uh, ended up meeting a, a a man in business who had property management companies in Montana and Florida, and he just offered me a job to go run a property management company for him, and so I'm like, well, I'll accept. We worked out the terms, and he just moved our family to Florida. Well, about <laughs> probably not even a month into the job, I'm seeing like a lot of red flags with this business, and I'm like, Lord, why did you move me out here? Like, I had so much peace. Yeah, like, I just moving. obeyed you. Right. Moved my entire family, and now I'm seeing all the, like, usually when you do a step like that, you're thinking all the blessings are going to start showing up. Totally, and I thought, like, I hit the jackpot with, like, oh, my new career, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to be able to invest in this and have, like, all the connections with properties, and, like, I had my own plans, but right. the Lord was like, nope. <laughs> that's what he does so you guys find yourself in Florida what happens so I'm in Florida and uh, my boss says hey I'm gonna I'm gonna send a uh, one of our employees from Montana and I want you to train him in Florida I want him to see like the team atmosphere that you guys have in Florida I'm like you want me to train him I'm like brand new to property management he's like yeah you train him I'm like, okay so this kid's name is Jacob and Jacob comes down from Montana and we're hanging out like every day, all week. And uh, Jacob starts asking me some more personal questions, you know. So why'd you get married so young? And uh, why'd you start having these kids? Like, what's going on? So I just started sharing my faith with him. And Jacob just immediately was like, hey, I, I mean, I'm good. I'm good. That, that's great for you. But I mean, like, where is God anyway? And he kind of looked around, like mocking the fact that he can't see God's face. I'm like, I see God everywhere, you know, <laughs> like, but, um, so you know, cool. it's your, it's your faith and your perspective. So, um, anyways, make a long story short on the last day that he was there, he said, Hey, I'm flying back out to, to Montana, you know, late flight. Um, if you want, I don't have anyone to hang out with. You want to go to the beach? I'm like, yeah. So we go to the beach and we sit down and he just starts looking out at this beautiful Gulf where it's just like crystal clear water perfect weather, no wind. I mean, this is just like an amazing day. And he starts like worshiping creation. And I'm like, you know, all this came from God, right? And he's like, nah. well, this was probably the first time in my life where I experienced the Holy Spirit just like come over me and just give me every come scripture on, and word to come say. 
Um, I had been in the word, and I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. I'm just sharing, and the, the Lord's just popping things in the front of my mind. Hey, tell him about this. Boom, I tell him about that. Hey, tell him about this scripture, and I just start telling about that. And Jacob is like just on the edge of his seat li- listening. Um, and, I mean, after like 45 minutes, it, it just came out. I'm like, Jacob, do you want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior of your life? And he sat there for like 10 seconds and goes, I don't know. I was like, hey, that's great because this is the most important decision of your whole eternity. So really you want to think hard about it. But it's the most important decision you'll ever make. Because you have a soul, Jacob, and your soul lives forever. And I just waited and I was just praying in my heart like, Lord, save him. And he said... I want to give my life to Jesus. Yeah. So that's the first person I got to share my faith with, and he gave his life to Jesus. And after we prayed, it was incredible. I was like, I could hear heaven celebrating in my spirit. I sensed God smiling down so big. Just heaven was celebrating that like, God just adopted another child and his family. Dude, that's insane. So I love that. Like the week started, and this guy kind of had a hard heart against the Lord, against Christianity. And, like, you just got to be that tool to, like, soften all week long and then do what you'd been wanting to do, which was, like, be a part of somebody's salvation. So so this happens with Jacob. Uh, I'm assuming that, like, probably, like, got you real stoked about that goal that you had. Right. What, obviously, you guys aren't in Florida anymore. Right. So, like, what brought you guys back here? And then, like, what got you into what you're doing now? And then maybe explain a little bit of what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, no, that totally fired me up. I just thought, oh, my prayer for so long after that, Lord, where's the next Jacob? Like, put people in front of my path who need to be saved. Because I'm telling you, God is in the saving business. That is what God wants. He wants you, you know, and you can help people be adopted into the family. And I'll tell you, you never know when you just can give someone a little nudge and they're like, you're the fifth person to tell me about Jesus in, Dude, come in on. one week. Come on. And, man, I'm telling you, even if you're planting and watering and, like, people are walking away, like, don't be discouraged. Do not be discouraged because, like, right around the corner, someone else is going to come plant. Apollos may come water, but God's going to give the increase, you know? And uh, that's up to God. And, um, and rejoice in that. And so... Um, I was just like found myself just wanting to witness on the beach. And it was so cool because like people were there for vacation, but like people were meeting Jesus at the same time, you know. But I didn't ha- lead anyone else to Christ in Florida. Um, to make a long story short, uh, the owner ended up bankrupting the company and left us out there high and dry. So uh, I could kind of see the writing on the wall and that this was going to happen. So I had some things lined up that I was going to do. I, I was going to start selling solar panels in Florida. And, uh, Dude, you've done everything. <laughs> yeah. But my wife, Ricky's like, I think we need to move home. And I'm like, oh, babe, like, are you sure you really want to do that? And she was missing friends and family. And um, then we found out we're having Indigo. And I'm like, okay, we're moving home. So I had no idea what I was going to do back here. But uh, we, we thankfully, we, we kept a, a house that we had here and uh, moved right back in it in Bethany. And um, I got a job for Oklahoma Fidelity Bank as a business banker. So 
get that job. I'm creating relationships with these business owners. And, um, you know, COVID happened, right? So one week into the job with my new job, they're like, hey, Garris, go home, work from home. You're, you'll be great. <laughs> like a whole new career, banking. Like, yeah, I have a little bit of background in finance and things, but this is a whole different thing. Like the banking lingo and all those words, I'm like, I am not getting it. Um, so I, uh, I found myself one night on my back deck and I just had remembered God speaking to me about, Hey, I'm going to use you. And like, I know he had, but like something else is there. I said, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And before I could get done praying, the Lord spoke to me and said, tell people about my son, Jesus Christ. Wow, yeah. I'm like, Lord, I know I'm supposed to be doing that. Is there anything else you want me to do? <laughs> I hear nothing. I'm like, okay. So I just started being intentional. All right, I'm going to start telling people about Jesus. You know, the dude at the coffee shop. Okay. Hey, man, you know who Jesus is? He's like, yeah, you know. And you just start these conversations. So when you start witnessing and sharing your faith, it may not be, it's probably not going to be comfortable at first. You know, you maybe feel like nervous or like, oh, I'm scared of rejection. But they're not rejecting you. If, if you have opposition, they just don't want to hear about their Lord and Savior. Come on. Right? Say that again. Yeah. So, hey, it's, it's not good. a forced adoption. <laughs> God loves you. He wants you. But, hey, I, I can't do this for you. I'm just giving you the, the knowledge of what God's word says. And uh, God wants us to tell others about Jesus, you know? And I'm like, man, God, this is what you want. So I found myself, find, like, realizing, like, this is what makes me tick. This is my passion. This is what gives me that, yes, it's just this overflowing amount of joy, you know? And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when you refresh others, you become refreshed. Come on. You know, yes. like we can't make ourselves happy from all these outside things in, you know, but when your joy is from Christ, he never changes. So even when your circumstances are up and down and left and right, this, that, and another, it's like, no, I'm good. You know, you see it through the biblical lens of who God says you are. And, and uh, you know, I have my days. I totally have my days. Um, but, you know, God is faithful yeah. and God is, God is good. And so um, I start telling people about Jesus where I go. And I'm realizing, like, I have a ministry. It's not, like, a legal, like, name ministry, but, like, I have a ministry. And guess what? So do each and every one of you. You Come guys on. have a ministry. Come on. Where you go, what do you talk about? You know, what do you talk about? Where your heart is, where your treasure is, you know? Where, yeah, your heart is also. So, um when you think about God and when you think about heaven, when you think about what he's done for you and you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, like, guys, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> he's coming back. And that is what we look to. Like, Jesus ascended into heaven in a glorified body, and he's so great, he's going to give you a glorified body one day. Unbelievable. And when you think of these heavenly promises you realize even if he doesn't come today, if I'm looking to him, anticipating him, how much more am I going to have heavenly motives on my heart to do the will of God on the earth? 
It's like, man, I can do this. I can partner with God and help people know Jesus. Um, so I opened up my Bible one day to Colossians 3, and uh, Paul says, put on your new nature and learn to know your creator and become more like him. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, start a ministry and call it New Nature Ministries. And I was like, man, some of the most just pivotal moments in my life are when I'm reading this. Come on. Guys, you got to see this is God's word. This is his heart. And the more you know it, the more life you really have. And because this word is alive and living, when it comes in, it's going to go out and do its work. Because God's word doesn't return void, you know. And, um, it's, well, and it's like what you said, like when, uh, like with your conversation with Jacob, like you had been, you had already been in the word. And so not only did you have the motivation to see Jacob come to know Jesus, but when you were in the environment where he needed the words to say, like you already had the word in you. So like it just like the Holy Spirit started pouring it out of you because you had already been in it. And so talking about, um, sharing your faith with people, you'd mentioned like, you know, it gets it gets easier the more you do it. Yes. Um, obviously, you, you know, you eventually started a, a ministry, your own ministry, ministry called New Nature. Like, what does sharing your faith look like now? Like, what, do, what, is your, what do you do for your new ministry? And, like, maybe share some stories about that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, first, I want to let you guys know, um, the first time I ever sold a car, my dad's like, hey, Garris, there's your first customer. And I'm, like, so nervous, shaking in my boots. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. He's like, yeah, go be humble, and you'll do great. Man, talk about great words of advice. You know, if you're uncertain about something, be humble, you'll be fine. And so I'm like, hey, I'm Garris. If you like this car, we can drive it. If you like it, I'll get you the best price from my dad. They're like, all right. I, like, sell him a car, and I'm like, that was not hard, you know. Um, it's a lot harder than that, actually. It doesn't work like that. But uh, I, was, I, uh, I got lucky, the first one. But it's the same way, really, when you're sharing your faith. It may not be easy or comfortable at first, but when you sell 10, 20, 30, 100 cars, you see a customer, and now I don't need my dad to tell me there's a customer because I'm already looking for one. Come on. Because you find what yes. you're looking for. That's so good, You man. find what you're looking for. That's so I so see a customer, good. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go sell them a car. Well, it's the same way. It's not every time I hear the Lord be like, hey, you go t- share the gospel with him. But I don't need my heavenly father to tell me to go share the gospel with him because I already know he told me in this. So, whew. Come on, dude. You know? That's and, so good. Uh, yeah, but, we, we get so caught up in, I think, a couple things. We think people don't want to hear it. When they really do, yeah. Well, they, their spirit needs it, right? So we get so caught up, and that becomes a, a wedge. And then, yeah, we just make it harder on ourselves than it really is. And if we're called to do it, God's going to equip us to do it, right? And so, tell me about like some stories about ministry. Yeah, like, so I love to wake up and just worship, get in the Word, and then I'm like, all right, Lord, send me, send me, Lord, I'm available. Because 2 Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro throughout the earth for those who, whose heart is loyal to him. Yeah. And it's like, God's looking for you to use you. But you got to have a loyal heart. And you got to say, God, I'm available. Uh, one day, uh, you can actually pull up the picture of Jose. I, uh, the Lord was like, hey, go to Lake Overholster. And I'm like, all right, 
I'll go to Lake Overholzer. And uh, I'm at Lake Overholzer, and I'm at this, like, really weird area by the dam. And I'm like, God, what am I doing here? And the Lord's just like, hey, take a walk. And I'm like, okay. So I start taking a walk, like, through the woods. And in this random place, I see this man. I'm like, Jose. So I go down, and I'm like, I'm going to tell this guy about Jesus, you know. This is an opportunity. And um, he, could, he could understand English, but he didn't speak very good English. And so I'm sharing the gospel with him, and he's kind of like nodding his head and understanding. And, and uh, what I like to ask people is, hey, do you feel like Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart? You know, it's not wrong to ask someone if they want to ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. But because Jesus is a gentleman, he's knocking on the door of their heart. And I'll tell you, when I ask that question, nine out of ten people say, yeah, yeah, I feel like Jesus is knocking on my heart. Yeah. So I asked Jose, and he's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you want to let him in? Like, you open the door, he will come in, and he will be your Lord and Savior. And uh, we had a language barrier, but he said, you pray English, I pray Spanish. Wow. <laughs> so he gave his life to Jesus, and he prayed in Spanish, and I prayed in English. That is incredible. Yeah. Jose got my number, and, you know, so I just send him texts here and there and encourage him, and he's doing good. Do you got another one? Another story? Yeah. Yeah, so we have uh, Landon. You can pull up Landon. So God didn't tell me to go to Buffalo Wild Wings for lunch, but I went there. Yeah, he wouldn't tell you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Buffalo Wild Wings is great. That's funny. Um. But I can remember asking the Lord, like, hey, Lord, give me opportunities to share my faith. And the Lord was like, stop. Stop praying like that. And I'm like, what do you mean? And God said, you don't need to pray for opportunities. You need to be praying to be bold. Because where there's a person, there's an opportunity. Somebody needs to write that down. Man. That's good. And guys, so and good. then God said, you can't assume people know my son, Jesus Christ. The nicest people, people who are so kind, people who hand their money out to homeless people, things like that, all in the name of what if they don't know Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. Come on. You can't work your way to God. He's way too holy, and we're way too sinful and imperfect. So I like to just tell people, God worked his way down to you and me. He became a man. That's Jesus, you know? And, um, but anyways, back to, to Landon, uh, he was my server, and I could just tell he was just like, seemed like he had a just defeated spirit, you know. He was just moping around and, um, you know, I, I got the check and uh, I just said, hey, man, you know how much God loves you? And he kind of like opened his eyes wide and I said, man, have a seat. <laughs> he sat down and, uh, man, I just started sharing the gospel with him. And he goes, man, I grew up in church and I just had all these questions and, he said, man, I just have never heard it like that. And uh, nothing special with me. I'm just telling them what's in the, in the word, you know. And uh, he said, I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. He gave his life to Christ, man. Awesome. Praise God for landing. Dude, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, you can make some noise for that. Amen. Let's do it. I don't know if uh, you prepared to share this one, but there was a guy that we had, we had lunch a couple weeks ago. And I loved this story, if, you're, if you'd be willing to share it, about the guy that you met at the mall 
Yeah, that was a good one, man. These are, these are, this is awesome. God did this. And this was pretty recent, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is pretty recent. This was probably about a month ago. Okay. Um, so I get done eating lunch and I just said, Lord, I'm available. Where do you want me to go? That's a dangerous prayer to pray. Yeah. But it's exciting, right? Because you're like, it's an adventure. It's like cruising in your life with God is not in some high roller Lexus where it's just always safe. It's like in a muddy Jeep and God's like, we're going over here and we're going off road. And you're like, I'm along for the ride. And, you know, you just find yourselves in these situations where you're like, this is a divine appointment. You know, like God has a divine appointment for each and every one of us every day. You to have the right thing to say at the right time for the right person. And uh, so you don't have to worry about going to the mall. You or um, Hannah, because God will send me to the mall. You guys don't like the the mall. (laughs) But uh, so I go to I go to the mall and uh, I had gone to the mall before to to witness. And um, I had thought, you know, I'm going to go and encourage the same people that I've created some relationships with, but I'm in the parking lot, and I was just praying, and I see a man walk in the mall with a black backpack and a black hoodie, and he was just charging in there, and God just said, there he is. It was just like a light hit him, and I'm like, okay, that's him, Um, so I get out of my truck, but he had, I was like far away from the doors, and so I just said, Lord, like, I believe that's who you want me to go talk to today, but you set it up. Because I wasn't going to, like, chase him down and, like, run up to him, you know. I just said, Lord, you set it up. So he was, like, 30 or 45 seconds ahead of me. And I go in the doors, and I look around. It's just packed. People everywhere. And um, I can't find him. And I'm, like, looking. And I'm, like, well, I'll go over to the escalator. So I walk to the escalator. And right before I get on, like, out of nowhere, that man cut me off. He's like, excuse me. And he got on the escalator right in front of me. I'm like, God, you set this up. Like, God set it up. So um, a great way you can start a conversation with uh, a stranger um, and share your faith with them is just to pay them a compliment. Because a lot of times, like, people love talking about themselves and, like, what you compliment them on, you know? Um, And they're the ones who end up breaking the ice. And so it doesn't have to feel like you're trying super hard. You know, you just be personable. So he had a pretty cool backpack, and I'm like, hey, man, I like that backpack. And uh, this was not the case. He wasn't really having it. He's like, thanks, and he just, like, bolted, you know. And I'm like, okay, this is when I got to be extra bold. And so I was like, hey, man, do you got a second? And he's like, what's up? And I just asked him, like, hey, man, do you have your reservation in heaven? Are you, are you going to heaven? Are you going? I want to see you there. And he's like, whoa. I was not expecting that. (laughs) And I go, I know, I throw people off, but uh, God wants to save you. And I don't know if you know him, but if you have a minute, can I tell you a little bit about Jesus? And he paused for like five seconds, and he's like, okay. And so there's a a a bench like right there, and I'm like, well, let's sit down. So start sharing the gospel with him. And you know what? His name was Johnny. And Johnny said, you know, Garris, I'm very spiritual, but I've never accepted Jesus. But I'm very spiritual. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, something about Jesus. He always seems to find his way back into my life. 
thank you, Jesus, for chasing us, you know? Dude. He loves us. Yeah. And, uh, and I go, man, that is the God we serve. He loves you so much that even though you might have given up on Jesus, Johnny, he never gave up on you. And he's like hearing, and I go, do you feel like Jesus is knocking on your heart, Johnny? And he's like, let me tell you something. And I was like, what? He goes, when I walked in the mall, by the way, the only reason why I'm in the mall is to go to the bathroom. I'm like, really? Why the mall? He's like, well, I live in these apartments across, and it was just, I was on my way home, and these bathrooms were closer than, than my house, so I just walked in. He said, I walked over to the elevator because I was going to go down the elevator, and I see this family getting in the elevator, and he said, I can't explain it, but I heard a voice tell me in my head, turn around. God told him to turn around, and he turned around from the elevator and he went to the escalator, cut me off. God set it up. So did he give his life that day? Yeah. Yeah, Johnny knew. He said, this is Jesus. And uh, if I miss this opportunity, I may not get another one, you know. So I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Dude, that is so encouraging. Yeah, yeah we can make some noise for that. Uh as we get ready to close, I want to invite the band up. Garris, I, one of the things that I love about these testimonies is they do a couple things for me personally. They remind me that uh, what we carry is actually the good news. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in just doing church and doing the routine, and we forget that, like, that there are people that aren't here. That it's, it's not cliche. Like, they really do need what we have. Uh, like we live in a dying, broken, sinful world, and the only answer to that is Jesus. And we are the vessels that God uses to save people. Um, and so when I when I hear these stories from you, Garris, I'm like reminded of a couple things. Like we know people need that, but people also know that they need that. And we make yeah. we make sharing our faith so much harder than it really is. Mm -hmm. And I think it keeps us from a lot of opportunities that, like you said, when you just say, God, I'm available, like God will line up every single step. That's right. And he'll give you every single word. He will. Um, so I'm curious, like, because I know you haven't, you would probably say this too, you haven't always been as bold as you are now about mm -hmm. your faith mm -hmm. and sharing your faith. And so for for us in the room, maybe some of us, maybe sharing your faith is something you're like, ah, that's not for me. Or you look at somebody like me or like Garris, who it's like, this is what we do as a job. And so you say, well, you're different. Like, I'm just a student. What would you tell, like, your younger self? Yeah. Which is these students. Like, if you could tell your, your younger self one thing about that, that you know now about being bold for Jesus, being the church, like, saying, God, use me, what would you tell yourself? Yeah. Step out of the boat. <laughs> Step out of the boat. Like, don't be scared to fail, you know? Like, God will work in you when you make yourself available to him. Like, it's we all have our own plan, and we all have our own agenda, and we all have our own things that we need to get done. But, like, when do you stop and say, okay, God, you created me. What's on your agenda for me today? You know, where, what do you want me to do with this? And uh, there's no... There's no, like, formula, right, for witnessing. Just go tell someone about Jesus. 
like even if you're an introvert, you can go through the McDonald's drive-thru. You can say, hey, could I get an extra barbecue sauce? Yeah, okay, hey, Jesus loves you so much. Bye. And drive off, and you're like, oh, I did it, right? Okay, I did it. Like, take that first step, because it gets easier and easier and easier, and then you're like, oh, man, I'm not even relying on my own strength. It's greater is he in me than he who is in the world. So it's not even about me, and I can do all things through Christ. And God, I'm available. Send me, Lord. Send me. And uh, you just start. You just... Nothing at first, like, is going to be, like, easy for you. But it's not about being easy. It's worth it. It's so worth it. And so take that first step. Um, you're not always going to feel nervous, you know. And when you're excited about what Jesus has done for you, it's too good for you to keep to yourself, honestly. You know, our, our world has a sin virus, but Jesus has the vaccine, and it's his blood. And people need to trust in that to be saved. And uh, I'm telling you, like, sometimes I run into atheists, and they're, like, you know, cussing me out as I'm going. And I'm like, Lord, send another, send another person right around the corner. And uh, one time the Lord even, uh, this is cool, this dude's name was Takeoff. And he looked real rough, tattoos. And I'm sharing my faith with him and uh, telling him about Jesus. And... He's hearing, and I'm like, man, this guy's about to be close to giving his life to Christ. And he goes, I'm good. And he walked away. And I'm like, okay. So I prayed for him the next couple days. Well, a couple weeks later, I'm eating lunch at Qdoba, and in the door walks takeoff. He walked right up to me, and this has nothing to do with me. But he said, I'm so sorry that I walked away from you that day at the lake. I want you to know how much that meant to me. And, man... Thank you so much. I'm just going through such a hard time. Just got out of prison, going through this, that, and another. Like, you never know what someone else is going through. And what they need is the word of God and believe in Jesus. And when you believe in him, he will direct your path. I'm reminded of Psalm 40, you know. Um, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined his ear to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the mud and the miry pit. He set my feet upon a rock, which is Jesus, and established my goings. So incline your ear, you know. That's what the Lord does to you. Do you do that to the Lord? Ask the Lord, you know. Talk to him in that way. And uh, store these scriptures in your heart because they will come out and they will do the work that God wants to do. Come on. Can we make some noise for Garris tonight? Dude, thanks for doing this, man. I love you, dude. Love you, too.